Hey, this is Jay, and I've got Thursday, September 19 circled on my calendar. You should put it on your calendar too, because that's when our next webinar will be, where we'll be talking about foreplay. It's just $5 to attend. Check out more at our website, forchristianwives.com, and we'll have a link in the show notes too. Welcome to Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We're four marriage and sex bloggers. Discuss the naked truth. What does God really want for the sexual intimacy in our marriage? I'm Jay Parker of Hot, Holy, and Humorous. I'm Chris Taylor from The Forgiven Wife. I'm Gay Christmas of Calm, Healthy, Sexy. I'm Bonnie Burns of Oyster Bed 7. Welcome to another Kitchen Table Chat. Today, we're discussing female genital and reproductive health, or as I affectionately call it, hoo-ha health. So ladies, let's just dive into our question. What are some issues that women have in terms of genital and reproductive health? Well, the one that comes up to me immediately was that you can have issues with uh, dryness or lack of swelling or things like that. And this has actually happened to me twice, post-childbirth with my first son. I was not producing enough estrogen, and I actually ended up going to the doctor. It was the third time I went to the doctor and said, I can't have intercourse. It's much too painful that they really took a look and realized that I was low on estrogen. They gave me a an external estrogen cream, and that just resolved my problems immediately. And then that has happened a little some as I'm approaching menopause here. So menopause can also cause some vaginal atrophy and dryness and as your estrogen is going down. But that's also, there are things you can do now. I'm not going the estrogen cream route, but there are some other things you can do to, to help with that. Yeah. My gynecologist says that every woman over age 50 should have be on a little estrogen suppository. It's just a little tablet twice a week. Huh. She said it prom- just promotes vaginal health when you're like perimenopausal to menopausal and on. So one of the most common things is infections or the thought of, do I, gee, do I have an infection? Mm-hmm. So most women have had a yeast infection. And if you have, and that you're pretty sure that's what it is, you can go to the drugstore and get something for it and treat it pretty easily. But if you have other symptoms of infection, uh, you know, itching, burning, unusual discharge, and either you don't think it's a, a yeast infection or you treat it as a yeast infection and that doesn't clear it up in a few days, then you need to go and see your doctor. There can be other types of infection. There can be, you know, an imbalance in the bacteria, the pH in your vagina. So you just need to kind of assess that. If you know what it is and can treat it, that's fine. If you're not sure, it's probably something you should go see your doctor. Yeah, and I would really suggest that people not let those things go too far uh, without checking them out. One time, I let a urinary tract infection go so long that Mm. I could not use the restroom. And I ended up having to go to the ER and have a catheter, which is not Mm. a fun experience. So if you really are struggling, if you're having that burning, if you're having a yeast infection, it's usually a lot of itching you know, get the treatment or go see the doctor or something because you don't want to let that go too long. 
I do want to say something about UTIs. If you think you have a UTI, like the burning, a sudden burning sensation when you're urinating, there is some over-the-counter AZO. But if you think, if you have one, if you take that, you shouldn't take it right before you go to the doctor. So if you're going to go get tested and, and see if you have a UTI officially, don't take the AZO before you go to the doctor because the it messes stuff? with the results. I think it does provide a little bit of numbing. It's a, a pill you take orally, but it does help minimize what's going on. But every time, I mean, there several years ago I had... Like as I was starting menopause and tissue was thinning, I became more susceptible to UTIs and had one that was really, really, really bad. I'll just say it here. I was urinating blood clots. It was not fun. <gasps> I know everybody passes yes. out and all the guys in our audience are just, what? Um, yes, it was not fun. But every time I would go in, they would ask, did you take this AZO? Because we can't test if you did. Hmm. So that's my public service warning for anybody who thinks she has a UTI. Okay, can I do a a public service thing too? Because there's a, the common yeast infection treatment is... And can I make a, can I make one little, just say one little thing? It's really a yeast overgrowth. It's, it's not really an infection just because I I need to be, I'm sorry, my OCD. I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, it's not. It's, it's your yeast is off kilter and there's too much of it growing. So that's why when you take antibiotics, which kills the good flora in your vag- vagina, you might have a yeast infection or yeast overgrowth because it's killed the good stuff that's keeping the yeast at bay. Does so. a probiotic help prevent that? It might. I don't know. Because I'm on an antibiotic right now, so I need to take notes. Yes. Take, yes. So I'm sorry, Jay. Go ahead. The common treatment is a meconazole, which is the monostat. monostat. And that was horrible for me. For some people like me, sensitive, it can cause uh, more burning. Did so you do I the intense, just, like the super healing oh, one? Oh, no, I tried different stuff. But oh, I'm just cause... saying the thing is, if you do have a bad reaction to one of those, and you'll know within the first night, they come in a, a single, they're either one, three, or seven day. But if you try something and it, you feel like it's it's painful, there's another option that the clotrimazole won't have that effect. It is much harder to find, but there is an alternative. And I just want to mention that because there's some woman out there who's had that experience. So there are options, lady. You don't have to like right. <laughs> treat yeah, it. And what she's talking about is a suppository. So it was burning your tissues, correct? Yeah. Apparently it just mm. was my, my skin just had a bad reaction to that and it didn't matter whether it was external or internal and so I had to find a different option and it it was at Walgreens but it wasn't at my regular grocery store. Mm -hmm. I had that happen once with a yeast infection and it was burning and it was horrible to the point that I made my husband go go to the drugstore and get a douche, a medicated douche, because which I never use, because that was the only thing I can think of to get that stuff out of me. It was it was horrible. Mm, uh, well, I guess what you're probably understanding here, listeners, is that you can go through seasons in your health. You know, when you're young, there might be more, you know, yeast flare-ups or breastfeeding also can really dry out your tissues because of the hormone shift. So when you're young... I shouldn't say young. When you're in childbearing, young mama years, there might be things. And then, are you saying we're not young? We are young at heart. I haven't been young for many years. Thank goodness. I like being this age. 
Yeah. So I'm just trying to see the other seasons of things you might go through. Because generally, I I mean, I've been really lucky, knock on wood. I was super healthy until menopause time came along. So my experience is I had a horrible transition into menopause in that my progesterone went away and my period wouldn't stop. I had a really heavy, long period that just would not stop. They tried everything. So I had an ablation which is where they carterize the inside of your uterus and it it stops your periods. I had one woman ask me about that because her doctor had said an, an ablation could actually mask cancer and fibroids, but my my doctor did an internal sonogram to rule out any kind of other issues and I was really pleased with it. Did uh, you have the the searing water balloon thing or did you have the zap? I think I had the zap, but I'm not sure. Because I was out like a light. But I know someone who had the other one. <laughs> I had an ablation sure. that worked really, really well. And I can't remember what kind it was. But then I had a hysterectomy for a different reason a couple years later. So and that can, worked too. This might be really personal and we could edit this out. But has have any of you dealt with endometriosis? Yes, a little bit. And I guess I should say that too. I didn't really think about how periods were all a part of this, but I had a, I was one of those women who had very difficult ones for many years. And that was the reason that I had the ablation and, and it made a huge difference for me, but I was well past the childbearing years. My husband had had a vasectomy. We were completely done, but yeah, I had had a little bit of endometriosis and they kind of cleared that out. And then I had the ablation. Okay. And I'd, I'd like to encourage any of our listeners with endometriosis to talk with an endometriosis specialist. I know that as women, you know, a lot of times we developed, develop a really comfortable relationship with our gynecologist, but with something like endometriosis or really any special health condition, it's really good to have a specialist who's got a lot of extra research and connections that can help you. Mm -hmm. And also, let's mention that we are not medical professionals. We're just your local girlfriends. <laughs> your local, we're just, your we're just the big sister sitting yeah. around the table. Yeah, just giving a little advice. So yes. that's our disclaimer. Every, everything we say here, talk with your own doctor. Yes. Amen to that. All right. Well, let's move on. So focusing on the vulva, which is our exterior lady bits, what kinds of things are red flags that someone should go to the doctor? I want to say, first of all, that before we can even know what the red flags are, we have to know what we look like down there and what's normal for us. And, you know, for guys, all they have to do is look down. Well, there it is. But I think it's really important that we get comfortable like with a hand mirror and really look at ourselves between the legs so we know kind of what the baseline for normal is. If you don't know what's normal for you, you might not recognize when something different happens. I think that one of the things, you, it basically, if you have pain, if you have pain to the touch, if you have pain with intercourse, if you, we've talked about this, it may take you a while to become aroused. So I'm not talking about 30 seconds or even three minutes into sexual activity. But if you are have gone a while for foreplay and you're usually would be warming up, but you're still very dry or uh, and have no swelling of the vulva, those are kinds of things that can indicate a hormonal issue or something that you would want to check out. I'd say any change from what's normal, whether it's a change in your sexual responsiveness, a sore that wasn't there two weeks ago, redness, pain, any of that, if it's new and if it doesn't mm -hmm. feel good, mm -hmm. then get it checked out. Yes. It is good to know what's normal though in, in terms of, for instance, as we age, because of the way our circulation and stuff works, 
as women age, our vulva tend to darken a little bit. That was so, a shock to me. I know. So it's not a sudden, <laughs> that's not a sudden redness. So if you have a sudden redness or something, absolutely. Yeah. But if, if you looked 10 years ago and you just get out your hand mirror now and you go, oh my gosh, I'm darker. Okay. Well, yeah, you're 10 years older. You're 10 years old. Yeah. If we know those things that are normal, we can catch the stuff that's not. I think sometimes you can just get, and we're recording this in the summer, so I think this can happen. You can just get sort of irritated, and it's not really an infection or anything to worry about, but it's just due to sweating, dampness, whatever. And sometimes uh, if you're having that kind of mild thing, it's just like keeping the area dry, maybe some like baby cornstarch powder. Cause I think sometimes you can just get almost like a heat, almost like a heat rash kind mm -hmm. of, you know, yeah. heat irritation from too much dampness. Like keeping your swim, wet swimsuit on all day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That can actually, can that, that can do a, make a yeast infection? Prolifer proliferation, Bonnie. Pro proliferation. <laughs> oh, I can't talk. I think it can. And, well, and I'm it... thinking also like with <clears throat> even something related to pubic hair grooming, like you might get an ingrown hair. I mean, mm -hmm. then you might have to hope that your husband's really good with tweezers. Yeah. And sometimes you can get razor burn if it's the summertime and you're wearing a swimsuit and you're shaving some things i found there's something called bump patrol it's actually for men it's an aftershave kind of splash kind of thing and i found it at walmart and it's really great for razor burn takes it and it's, and it's safe for that part of the body mm -hmm. yeah well you don't get it inside your outer labia i mean you just do x Along the swimsuit line. Along the swimsuit line, exactly. Okay, can I just say, this was recommended to me years and years ago, but I think it's called Dr. Smith's butt cream or something. It's a diaper rash cream. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I swear to you, it totally works. Like, I have actually put it on myself because... It works to do it, what? It, 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 like, helps a rash, like a razor mm. burn rash or something. From chafing, wow. like, like a diaper rash kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And just a personal testimony about why it's so good to look at your bits and to know what's normal and what's not and what might be growing. Uh, two things. My grandmother died of vulvar cancer, which even in the 50s when she died was easily treatable with surgery. And I don't know, she was dead before I was born, so I don't know if she didn't seek treatment because of privacy. I'm, I'm assuming that's why she's just modest and didn't want to go to the doctor. But anyway, so that has spurred me on to check things. And I've had three biopsies because of things that have looked unusual. Two were from HPV and one was a really strange thing. My doctor sat me down and she said, I had to Google this. <laughs> so <laughs> that's rather frightening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Something called Grover's disease. Usually only men, middle-aged men get it. Um, and it's kind of an autoimmune thing, but she said, you know, it may never show up again. It might come back, but you know, she took it off. She took it off. It's gone. But just to say that um, it's really important to look because if it is precancer, you want to get it early. Mm -hmm. You do not want a vulvectomy, which means that they will take half your vulva off. You don't want that. So it's very important, especially with some of the STDs that can lead to precancer conditions. I also think that your husband can help you with this somewhat. My husband is close to that area more often than I am. 
<laughs> you know, and uh, that can wink, wink. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, he should know what things look like. And I have actually periodically felt something on and said, can, you know, can you come look and see what's going on here? And it's a health issue he's willing to help me with. And so there are a lot of husbands out there who would probably be willing to take a look and, and would maybe know if something doesn't look like it normally does on his wife. And so vice versa, you know, even though this is for women, you know, girls, you can look at your man's lady part, not lady parts. <laughs> <laughs> your man has a lady part. You got no, vigorous. No. <laughs> so, we can't help you with that. Uh, <laughs> I do want to say, though, if you're a, a wife who likes to have the lights off during sex, um, consider having the lights on sometimes just so that your husband has a chance to see what's going on. Because otherwise, he won't be able to know when something's off. Very true. So let's move on. Thinking about our internal reproductive organs, like the vagina, cervix, uterus. What are some red flags? Although I know that we've already discussed some period issues. Bleeding after menopause is a big one. If you have oh. bleeding after menopause, go see your doctor. That would not be good. But you know what Jay said about menopause and dryness? Changes in hormones do change the vagina. And, you know, all those the sort of that feels like corrugated, you know, the uh, what are, I can't remember what they're called, but ridges. Yeah, ridges? they're right, like uh, I'll have to look the word up. And is that what potato chips have? Yes. <laughs> Ruffles, Ruffles have, ridges. have ridges. So does your oh. vagina. But when you get older, those ridges kind of flatten out a little bit. So your husband may notice a change in how things feel internally. But that is something that with some of that different kinds of hormonal treatment or some of the um, other vaginal rejuvenation programs that can come back. So the uterus and the cervix vagina and the, the vagina. cervix. Okay. The cervix can have, um, well, of course you're going to, is it every three years now? You have to get a pap smear every three mm-hmm. years. Yeah. That's instead that's of yearly. Yeah. That's kind of nice. Well, but don't you, skip it. Don't and skip if it. you experience new pain or new discomfort, it's worth seeing your doctor just to make sure that there's, that everything's okay. And it might just be that it's a normal change in hormones or different, you know, some other health condition, but new pain or new discomfort is always worth a call to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will also say this periodically. I have a, a wife say that she doesn't like going to the gynecologist because it's incredibly uncomfortable to have a pub, pelvic exam or the speculum they use. And I would say this, if that's what your situation is, when you go to the doctor, tell your doctor about that. Tell them, listen, this is like really uncomfortable for me. Are there some things, is there like a smaller speculum we could use? Can you talk me to me before you do this? Tell me what you're doing or whatever. Go ahead and talk to them because there are often things that they can do to adapt to a more sensitive patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speculums do come in many sizes. Mm-hmm. Sadly, well, there's a pediatric size speculum that would and be frankly, helpful to And frankly, I have looked at gynecologist's hands. Are those big hands? Okay, I want smaller hands. Seriously, I'm serious. I never once thought about that. That is, <laughs> I, I'm never going to be able to unthink about that now. Yeah. And another okay. another thought is that if you do have, you know, I'm a big pap smear proponent. If but if you do have an abnormal one and and they want to do, you know, deeper follow testing up. follow up, it doesn't always mean something's bad. Yeah, and, and there are also some false positives. 
So. I've had a false positive. Mm-hmm. I've had to go back, and then they're like, "No, it's okay." Yeah, they did. I think what they did is they pulled me back and did a vaginal ultrasound, and then everything was fine. So it does happen. Mm-hmm. You know. Another way to support your sexual health is to get a great night's sleep. That's why we are proud to have EverPillow by Infinite Moon as our sponsor for this episode. EverPillow is a fully customizable product made to your specifications. You choose the type of filling and the amount. Are you a side sleeper? There's a pillow for that. These pillows are also chemical free and fully washable. And the latest addition to EverPillow accessories is the EverSilk pillowcase, made of a heavier weight than normal industry standards, so it's very durable. It also comes in three colors to complement any decor. So when's the last time you bought a new pillow? Is it time to freshen up? If so, go to InfiniteMoon.com and look at their selections. Use SexChat10 for 10% off your cart. And now let's return to the conversation. You know, periods are kind of all over the place on what's normal, (laughs) honestly. Yeah. Uh, You know, I mean, you read about them in the books and they always just tell you sort of the average thing is periods. Periods last from three to six days and occur every 28 days. And and I'm like, everybody's all over the place. But there are some things if it goes a particularly long time, if it goes past a week, that's not normal. If you're having to change things out every hour, that's very heavy bleeding mm-hmm. uh, that you might want to talk to somebody because that could be endometriosis or some other issue. Uh, if you're experiencing like I had cramps that after later when I went through childbirth, I realized that my cramps sometimes felt like contractions. They were that extreme. And my ablation, the biggest reason to do the ablation is because finally I, ibuprofen and I broke up. <laughs> yes. And I will say for our younger listeners who don't have children yet, if you have very bad cramps, sometimes they are greatly reduced after you have a baby. Like I, so I had mm-hmm. very bad cramps all the way from 12 till I had my first child. And they weren't related to endometriosis or anything. They were just bad. But once I had a child, they almost went away. So, wow, that's nice. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I've heard of that with other people too. So, yeah. I've also heard that orgasm helps with the cramps. Yes, that's that was correct. not true for me. Uh-uh, can't, couldn't do it. Yeah, so had, everybody, everybody's different, but it. Could I had help. horrible periods, and the first couple days, I would sit there and think the last thing I, oh no, it did not help. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want him anywhere near. I don't know. Yeah, um, but it is, you know, it's good to know what's normal for you, but it's also really important to tell your doctor what's normal for you in case it's really outside the range of what you should have to put up with. Right. I, let me also and, say these days, it's really nice. Cause I mean, I'm in the era that, that this wasn't really available to me when all this was happening, but oh my goodness, there's so many apps now where you can track your periods and, you know, track, you know, sexual activity, track all kinds of stuff. So you can kind of get a better sense of your actual feminine health and what's normal for you. It's kind of cool. And I, w- I would like to say that if things are out of range for you and very abnormal, if you have a lot of pain, um, if you have huge clots, call the doctor. And when you talk with the nurse, make sure she knows how bad it is. I think sometimes we call and we kind of play it off. Mm. But if you want to be seen quickly, 
you have to let them know how bad it is. But don't don't lie just because you might want to be seen quickly. But just be honest. But if it is really bad, it's important for them to know how painful and if there are large clots. Yeah, I think that was actually part of my issue too when I went after childbirth and it took me those three tries before I got real help is the first time I just didn't push it. The second time I only pushed a little bit. The third time I went in and health, I was like, this is not okay. We're ha- we have to do something. Yeah, you have to be your own advocate and you have to be smart. And if you feel like you do have something going on, Google, research. I mean, don't yeah. think that you've got everything. You know, you could go on WebMD and check all the boxes and have, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I, I like to say I have a WebMD medical degree. Yeah, yeah don't um, do that. But be smart about what's going on because you, you have to be your own advocate. Keep a symptom diary. So if you have certain recurring symptoms, every time that it happens, you write down the date, what the what it was, if there are clots, you know, what size approximately, you know, was it grapefruit sized or grape sized? <laughs> um, huge difference. But it, have a symptom diary and then take that with you to the doctor so that you're able to show that, you know, I've been documenting this for three months and here's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And if you're acting as your own advocate and after a few visits, you're not getting the help you need, you might need a different doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I, I have a post on my blog somewhere about choosing a good gynecologist. And I've said, look, you may have to hunt down the person mm-hmm. because it matters who you get. And yeah. if you're having a particular, you know, if it's not just for standard gynecological things, you have a particular condition that you need to get treated on, look for a specialist who's got a lot of extra experience with that particular disease or condition, even if it's just for a short time, then you can go back to your regular person. You know, I forgot to mention something back on the exterior part. There's something called lichen sclerosis. It's not real common, but it's got redness and a lot of itching. I think what I forgot to mention on the exterior part is that if you have some itching, especially at a pinpoint spot, it's not just kind of generalized. It's one spot that you can just really point to. Go see your doctor about that because a a lot of times that can indicate not good things. Yeah, that's right. We didn't talk about itching much. Yeah. Well, now we're going to shift focus to something the Christian community doesn't often address, but we know that it's out there and we're dealing with it. And that's sexually transmitted diseases and infections. There's two kind of different categories. There's your bacterial and there's your viral. And the bacterial ones are are typically chlamydia, trachomatis. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm trachomatis. Does anybody know how to say that? Is it trichinomus? Is that what you're, is that? Trachomatis, trachomatis, chlamydia trachomatis. Anyways, it's bacterial and it can be easily treated with antibiotics. And then there's gonorrhea and syphilis, which are, you know, um, have some really horrible consequences, but they can be readily treated with antibiotics now. But the um, hepatitis B, herpes, HPV, HIV, those are all viral. And so they can be treated, especially the herpes with um, cyclovirs. There's three different kinds. They aren't always effective. It's about 50% effective, according to the CDC. But um, they're out there. 
and I have never made a secret of the fact that I had I had a had a sexual past before I met my husband and acquired HPV, which is human papillomavirus. You know, most of the time I see that that's something that 80% of the population has. And most of the time it doesn't cause any problem at all, but it can cause some kinds of cancers. It can, I, I had a vaginal cancer scare a few years ago that was related to HPV. It can transmit and become oral cancer. So if there's oral sex and you have an HPV sore on your genitals and your husband's giving you oral sex, he can get HPV from that. So HPV can cause some kinds of cancers. Um, And it can lie dormant in your system. And for many years, I did not know I had it until I went to the doctor and had a a bad pap result. And doctor took a look and said, oh, well, it looks like there's an HPV marker here. So we had to have that biopsied. Um, So HPV is something that for most people doesn't cause any problems, but it can cause some pretty serious ones. And it might lie in your system asleep for many years. And then all of a sudden, there it is. Uh One thing I have often said is if you are marrying someone who has a sexual past or you yourself has a sexual past, it's very important to get tested, to just do a basic panel and see if there are any any STIs that you came into the relationship with and then deal honestly with those. That is a very reasonable request to make of someone you're marrying. It's also something that you should volunteer to do. Do do they Uh, not require that in states anymore? I don't think so. Some states do not require it. And I think that some that do, we're only requiring it that you get tested for HIV and not other things. Uh, I have a full panel when we got married. Go ahead and do a full panel. And, And I think Gay has mentioned this on our program before. Let's be realistic. We all advocate waiting until you get married. But even in the Christian world, something like 80% of people had sex before they got married. So let's not shove our heads in the sand and act like one of us couldn't possibly bring an infection to this marriage. Let's just be responsible and deal with it. Mm-hmm. And even if they're technical virgins, through oral sex, like Chris just said, you can contract HPV and probably herpes. So let's not put our heads in the sand, like Jay says. And I would say that, you know, if you if you do have an infection or if you're if you have an, a sexually transmitted infection or if your husband has one, then it's really important to talk with your doctor about what to look for. What are some normal ways that this might might show up? And what are some things that indicate that maybe I have a problem and need to get some extra treatment for? I mean, get yourself informed about the infection or the disease so that you're in, you're in charge. You know, don't let the disease do that, you know, run things for you. Get the information, know what to look for, know what red flags there are. And, yeah, and, and empower each other. You know, yes. if you're on the same team, you're married, you're a team now. If that's, it's us against the world mentality is going to take your marriage to an, the next level. Um, you'll create a just an intimacy through that. And there are some things, for example, um, if you do have something like herpes, um, you might find that it's better to avoid soaps in your intimate areas because that can irritate uh, maybe a little bit more than it might irritate somebody else. We do have um, some very nice pH balanced feminine washes that you can use. And in fact, Marriage Spice or Married Dance, who I think we have uh, worked with before, they have a nice liquid splash pH balance feminine wash that can be good. We'll link to that in the show notes. 
I like what you said about team. I know some people who have been angry when they discover their spouse has brought something into the marriage. But the reality is most of the time, the person who, who has that, they already feel really bad. You know, they feel really bad. So I, I think you're right. Just taking that attitude of, look, we're on a team and we are where we are. And let's tackle this now. And if your husband is the one who has brought an STI into the marriage, see, adopt that mindset. Don't be angry at him. You know, you, you, this is something for you to work on together. You may be, you know, hurt by that. You may wish that that wasn't the case, but it is the case. So work with the reality. And as everyone has said, you're a team, confront it together and keep going. Right. You're married and hopefully you're in a place with Christ that you're you're redeemed. And I know that we all have made bad mistakes, whether it's sexual or others, but that's the beauty of Christ. We we are white as snow to God because of him. Yeah. And we've and we've named a lot of different issues that you can that you can experience. It kinda of almost sounds like, Oh my gosh, my down there is I got all these risks. My who you know? is bad. <laughs> but you know what? The the reality is even with all these kinds of things that can crop up, most couples can have just a really fantastic sex lives in their marriage. If these are things to be aware of, um, even with um, STIs, there are ways you can work around them, talk to your doctor and, and find out ways you can do that. But it doesn't mean the end of a good sex life. Yes. An interesting fact, an STI becomes an STD when it changes your cells. Mm. I did not what? know that. Wait, what is what? that? It changes your cells? Yes, it becomes a disease as it infiltrates your cells. Like HPV is an infection until the warts start showing up or until you or when you have a, a bad pap because of the virus, because it's changed your cells. Um, I do want to mention something related to the STIs. I know some of our listeners are working to rebuild intimacy after infidelity. And I, I want to say, I, I wish I could just say, you know, just work on your relationship and let that be the only thing. But if there has been infidelity on either part, you really need to make sure that you're getting a physical and get your genital and reproductive health looked at because there might be something that wasn't there before. And I know that that makes things much more difficult and it gives you one more hurdle to work on. But if there's been infidelity, please make sure that you're healthy so that you know what it is you're working with physically. And you know, I'd say too, if you have low sex drive and you're working on that and you haven't been to see the doctor as well, even if you don't have any symptoms, everything seems fine, go get things checked out and just be proactive. So let's wrap up. Do you guys have any other practical suggestions for remaining intimate while you have health issues or flare-ups? Pee after sex helps the infection. Yes. Yeah. Pee after yes. Sex. yes. <laughs> and and, and we say, and people worry that means that like you have to, they have to jump up right away and like run to the bathroom. No, I read up about this and it says, look, you know, within a half hour, get yourself to the bathroom mm-hmm. and eliminate. Should you go before two? That, you know what, it's interesting because my gynecologist said yes, but then I read some other things where they said no. And so I don't really know the answer. Do y'all know? I do because I have to, you know, just sort of. I, I don't, and this, I'm going to try to not make this TMI. I don't because I find that if my bladder isn't completely empty, things are better. Okay. I've heard that too from people. Experiment on that. That's yeah, experiment can... on that. And I would also suggest washing your hands as well before and after. And your oh. husband too. Especially if you've just been to Walmart. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
And if you find that you keep having recurring problems, genital or urinary tract or reproductive system, especially if it's infections or yeast imbalances, think about your overall health too, because those systems are part of your whole body system. So for example, if you're having constant yeast overgrowth, how is your diet? Are all the healthy bacteria in your body at a low ebb. So just think about if you, not just if you have one infection, but if you keep having problems, maybe there's something you can do for your overall health that will benefit your genital and reproductive health. I have to say also, I am a fan. I, I heard this from older, some older ladies, and I'm a fan of this, that if you wear like a, a, a long t-shirt or a nightgown or something to bed, sleep without underwear. I just feel like it's good to kind of for that area to just sort of air out. Mm-hmm. Is that? No, I agree. Especially in the summertime. You just don't want it to be like warm all yeah. time. Yeah, it know. is good warm to let it air out. moist is good when you're having sex, but it's not good when you're sleeping <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. Well, air, when, air well things you out. know, after I had my biopsies, they told me to keep things dry. So I think that's when I started sleeping like that because uh-huh. the doctor said to keep it dry. So there must be a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my big practical suggestion is know what's normal for yourself. And if something changes, get in touch with your doctor. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, listeners. This has been Auntie Jay, Auntie Chris, Auntie <laughs> Bonnie, and Auntie Gay. And remember, talking we're about not your doctors. hoo-ha health. <laughs> We have way too much fun. Thanks so much for joining us today on Sex Chat for Christian Wives. We encourage you to check out our website at sexchatforchristianwives.com where you can find show notes and links to resources. That's sexchat4christianwives.com. We appreciate you being with us today and we pray that God blesses you this week as you pursue healthy and holy sexual intimacy in your marriage.